Do you like this show and you want to help support us? Do you want extra episodes every month? Do you want ad-free versions of the show? Then you should sign up over at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro, and you'll get your very own RSS feed to put into whatever your podcatcher of choice is, and you'll be first in line for all extra content. So head on over and become a Patreon supporter of this very show. Another episode of the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Jason Robbins. And my name is Derek Diamond. Yeah, it is. <laughs> At uh, least today it is. So it's been a it's been a day, man. We had we got we finally got the uh the season finale of Book of Boba Fett. So that's done. We got no more Star Wars until Kenobi on May 25th, 2021, which is the 45th anniversary of A New Hope dropping in theaters three days before the birth of yours truly i uh star wars came out on the 25th i was born on the 28th so if i ever forget how old i am i just have to look up how old star wars is it's a good way to remember though yeah it's not that's 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 pretty easy but yeah it's a lot of people are i don't know if confused is the right word or People are thinking on Twitter, like, why is it not coming out on May 4th? Because May 4th happens to fall on a Wednesday. But to me, it makes more sense to put it on the 45th anniversary of what started Star Wars. May 4th is a made-up holiday. (laughs) I mean, I get it. Yeah, I think it's more important to celebrate the 45th anniversary of the entire franchise. Yeah, and what better way than with Kenobi? I mean, oh, dude. (laughs) And I'll be completely honest, when... Disney bought Star Wars and they announced all these different projects. This has been the number one thing on my wish list is either a Kenobi movie or a series because Obi-Wan's always been my favorite character since mm-hmm. I watched the movies for the first time back. The old Alec Guinness version was my favorite. And obviously, you know, you and McGregor, I praise him as Obi-Wan relentlessly because to me, he was the highlight of the entire prequels. So getting to see like, and I love that era between episodes three and four, you know, when the empire is really taking hold of the galaxy and you've got the last remaining Jedi that are hiding out. So I think it's going to be great. Yeah. Well, Disney has finally found out that the the thing we're most interested in is that era between uh, of what happened after, you know, the fall of the empire and then the, the era of between, um, episode three and episode four. We want to see yeah. those eras like between episode three and episode four and what happened right after the fall of the empire. Like those are the sweet spots of everything we want to see. I'm very curious as to how many episodes Kenobi is going to be because it's being advertised as a limited series. My guess is probably another six or seven episode series like Boba Fett was. I would just love if the episodes were a little bit longer. Yeah, me too. Good give hour me and 15 hour and 20 minute episodes. I'm good. Well, if Kenobi's only going to be, say, like four or five, then each episode needs to be at least an hour long. Yeah, I'll agree with maybe, that. Maybe even like an hour and 20 finale. And Rampage but says he, in the chat room, he still hasn't watched a single episode. Like, dude, you got to get on that, man. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to spoil Book of Boba Fett because I know we were talking a little bit before we actually started the show, but people have very mixed feelings on it. I personally enjoyed it, though. It's tough to explain why I think it hasn't been as well received without totally spoiling it. But yeah. I'll just say that I think it's because the Mandalorian show is kind of what we thought Boba Fett was going to be. Mm -hmm. But they couldn't go back and retread that. Yeah. Because otherwise it would just be the same thing. So they had to do something different with Boba Fett. But I, I personally enjoyed the show. I thought it was good. Not as good as Mandalorian, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, I enjoy it because I like Boba Fett as a character, and, and it does have its its. It has some stuff to complain about, yes, but it also has some of the best moments ever. So, I uh, you know it's it's a balance, like all of Episode Six. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we got Pentacon coming up next week, and uh, want to tell everybody yeah. where we're gonna be. Yeah, let me uh, pull that up real quick. Pizzacon sneaks up on me every single year. But uh, yeah, we're going to be doing our panel uh, Saturday, February 19th at 5 p.m. at the Bowden Building in room two. The address, and I'm going to make a Facebook event uh, a little bit later on in the week, but it's 120 Church Street. Pensacola, Florida, 32502. It's right outside the historic district uh, in downtown Pensacola. For those who came to our panel last year, it's like one building over. Yeah, we're in, uh, we're in prime panel uh, time right there at 5 o'clock, right at the end of the, uh, the, the, the convention for Saturday, and we're right downtown there. So just hop on a uh, if you're at the convention just hop on a uh, hop on a trolley and come on over and and be on the panel or be at the panel with us yeah no it should be fun i mean we always have fun you know doing these live panels and we'll if you can't make it we'll be recording both the video and the audio so that will air as our episode the week after pensacon so and I uh, want to let everybody know, too, that uh, we may not actually have an episode next week. Um, we we were going to release an episode, but something kind of fell through. And uh, But I cannot be here next Wednesday, so we may have to just, and since Pensacon is that weekend, it's going to be really hard to try to get uh, another episode recorded for next week. So if we don't get an episode next week, I, I highly apologize. We're... We're we're not pod fading, but uh, we're, we're I just had, something came up and I'm not able to be here next week. But if you still want your Derek Diamond fix, he's going to be taking over for me on the Open Micers podcast next week. So hopefully my appearance doesn't just like completely tank your show. <laughs> no, you'll you'll get us more viewers. <laughs> I I highly doubt that, but no, it should be fun. Like I've I think I've only co-hosted an interview show or like an interview episode of a show like one time in my podcasting career so and that was one episode of the Derek Diamond experience back in like 2015 or 2016 so I'll be excited to to do uh to do a show with Jacob it'll be fun so it I'm happy a, to do it a video game related interview as well so yep. it works it's all synergy yeah. baby synergy yeah, and I, I'll go ahead and say next week's episode, a feature presentation as well, is going to be quite loaded for three <laughs> reasons. One, I'll be giving my full spoiler-filled review of Book of Boba Fett. 
the Oscar nominations came out, so I get to bitch about the Academy Awards, <laughs> it has, as has become a tradition of mine. And I, I had the pleasure of interviewing voiceover legend Rob Paulson. Mm. He, he was the voice of Yakko Warner from Animaniacs, Pinky from Pinky and the Brain, Raphael from the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And he's still acting today. You know, after all these years later, he's been in the industry, I think, nearly 40 years. So he'll come on the show to talk about his career and his upcoming appearance at Pensacon. So we'll, we'll have some good some good podcast content mm-hmm. for everybody next week. I love this time of year uh, around Pensacon because we always end up getting good guests for the shows. And it's like we get overloaded with content, but also it's very hard <clears throat> to to like keep stuff on schedule because man everything's just kind of crazy over the next like two weeks yeah and really since my new job has picked up i know it's been pretty crazy for me as well like you know it's like i have work and then i have stuff to do when i get home and then i've got to you prep for this show prep Mm -hmm. for my show and it's it's a lot (laughs) it's a lot but we'll, we'll get through it and we'll have some really good content for you guys so yeah um, Rampage said he's a, a formal protest for next week, but I'm sorry, can't be here. So we'll, we'll do what we can to to maybe try to squeeze in an episode if we can. No, he he means he's protesting the fact that I'm co-hosting oh. open micers. <laughs> no, it's going to be a good fit. <laughs> uh, it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. But I'm so looking forward to Pensacon this year. It, it is a loaded, loaded Pensacon. So if you haven't gotten your tickets yet, or if you don't think you're going to make it. Just go check out Pensacon.com. Look at the, the the guests they have this year. It is ridiculous. It gets more ridiculous every single year. Yeah, this is by far the most stacked lineup they've had. And even though they've had quite a few cancellations, but it's like whenever they cancel, yeah. they just reload with somebody yeah. else. They, so. they, they lose one guest, they gain two. That's pretty yeah. much how it happens. They're, they're the Hydra of conventions. Yeah. They You lose one head, they gain three. So... No, it'll be a lot of fun. And the great thing about Pensacon is that, you know, they have something that's for everybody. You know, they have voiceover artists. They have actual comic book artists. They've got uh, guests from Power Rangers, from The Walking Dead, wrestlers. So, so many fandoms are represented at the convention. So it's something that I've always liked about them. And then the one thing I look forward to every single year, McGuire's, baby. McGuire's. Oh, and get this. I got a McGuire's gift card for Christmas. So been been saving that for uh, for this weekend. So, yeah, I'm going to try that bean soup this time. Uh, It's so good. You won't regret it. I can taste it. I want to eat it now. I would, too. I just (laughs) I'm trying to think of the last time I've been to McGuire's. This has actually been. I know I went for my birthday, but I know I think I've been one, maybe two other times since then. So it, it's been a while. Uh, luckily, last Pensacon was in May. For it was right at the week of my birthday, so I was able to go to McGuire's and get my free uh, birthday cake uh, Sunday brownie thing that they do. It's which, great. Which is like eight thousand calories, but holy crap, was it good! And if you died from it, there'd be much worse ways to go. Yeah, there's way worse ways to go. But uh, something happened today. You don't know what happened? Um, We're doing a show? Yeah, it's a Nintendo <laughs> Direct day. <laughs> uh, and we got a lot to talk about with the Nintendo Direct. You ready to move into the news? Let's do it. 
uh, we're probably going to be talking about Nintendo Direct for most of the news, but if we get to the other stories, today's stories were submitted to us by uh, I'm the Rampage and I'm Armes Jackson, and if you have a story you'd like us to cover, send them to nerdcaperetro at gmail.com, but if we don't get to those, we'll save them for the next show. But right now, what we're going to do is, I basically have the Nintendo of America, at Nintendo of America Twitter pulled up, and we're just going to kind of go down the list here of everything that they announced today. Um, so do you want to do this this first one, the very first tweet here? Because I, I, I don't remember the name of the game. <laughs> yeah, so this actually looks like a lot of fun. It's a new uh, 3D Kirby platforming game, Kirby and the Forgotten Land, hmm. which launches March 25th. And the cool thing about it is when you have these long-standing franchises like your Mario's, your Kirby's, your Zelda's, you're always looking at what can they do that's a little different. And with this, you know, in addition to Kirby being able to eat his enemies and steal their abilities, there's a new mode called Mouthful Mode, where Kirby inhales these giant objects that are too big for him to eat. <laughs> so, like, he inhales a car. Sounds like me. And you, and <laughs> and and me, and you can, uh, and as Car Kirby, you can drive around. Um, there's also a vending machine Kirby where you can spit out soda cans, which is kind of funny. That's cool. So. It looks really cool. I think it looks very bright, vibrant, and I will admit I've never played a 3D Kirby platformer before, but it looks pretty cool. Yeah, it looks kind of fun. I mean, it's got that, it's got that, uh, you know, Kirby look to it. It's very bright, colorful. Looks like a kid game, but I imagine you know adults are going to get a lot of fun out of this game too. Because I used to think the same thing about the original Kirby games for the Nintendo. I always thought it was a kid game until a couple of years ago when I reviewed it for this show, and I was like, holy crap, this game is fun. It can be addicting. It's just got such a simple gameplay that you can just jump into. Yeah. And uh, for the next uh, couple of tweets down, we have Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Uh, And I don't know much about the Xenoblade Chronicles games. Um, They look sort of like... uh, they look very Final Fantasy to me. Um, I don't know if I'll get hate for that, but that's just what it looks like to me. It looks like maybe an RPG. I don't know much too much about it, um, but the the screenshots look pretty cool. Looks kind of like an epic, futuristic kind of thing. And uh, if you're a Xenoblade Chronicles fan, I imagine you're uh, pretty psyched about this. I feel like I see a, Z- a Xenoblade Chronicles video or some type of photo release every nintendo direct that they've done for the last few years i've never personally played any of the games but i guess they do well enough that they keep making them so yeah it it looks it looks pretty cool though yeah i mean if you were to ask me if you were just show me these screenshots and be like what game is this the first thing i would say is like uh some sort of final fantasy game so that's what it looks like to me yeah so I will admit this next one surprised me. This hmm. has been requested for a long time, probably since the Nintendo Switch Online was announced. Uh, Earthbound and Earthbound Beginnings are now available for Nintendo Switch Online members. Earthbound, of course, being the iconic Super Nintendo RPG that has been really popular since day one and one of the most overpriced games that you can find if you find <laughs> a physical copy of it. Yeah. But Earthbound Beginnings is essentially the same game, but it was for the NES. It was called Mother, you know, in, in Japan. So 
Earthbound Beginnings was released for the Wii U back when it was in its heyday, or if you want to say it had a heyday. Um, I played it a little bit, but not too extensively. So now that it's on the Switch, it'll probably be one that I'm going to try to review maybe in the next couple of months once I really get a, to sit down and really play it. But I am excited to play Earthbound again. I haven't played it in a couple of years. And now that it's on the Switch... I can do so with very easy access. What is Earthbound Beginnings? It's basically the the original Earthbound. So in in Japan, the series is called Mother. Mother. Oh, okay, okay, yep. okay, yeah, yeah. So Mother One came out for the NES. Mother Two is what we know as Earthbound. Okay. And there's a Mother Three that was also for the Super Nintendo, but it's never been released in the states. Uh, let's see. Uh, we go a little bit further down, and we have a new game, Mario Strikers Battle League, which looks sort of like uh, all your Mario characters, all your Mario Kart characters, basically, playing um, like battle soccer, <laughs> like full contact soccer. And uh, I'll be honest, looks this looks really fun. I've never played Mario Strikers, but I have a few friends that have, and they swear it's... Like if Mario Kart is like a nine, Strikers is like a seven. Okay. As far as fun factor goes. But th this one looks really cool with like the different outfits and everything. Like you watch the trailer and you see Bowser catch a soccer ball on fire. It looks fun. It looks like you have the same sort of uh, secondary uh, weapons that you have in like Mario Kart. Like they're running around on the field here. I'm looking at the little video here. And they're throwing out, uh, you know, banana peels. Um, they, they've got the different colored shells that they throw at each other. Like it's basically just Mario Kart, but soccer. Yeah, that's essentially what it is. But I I'm sure it'll be fun, though. Yeah. Let's see. Our next one uh, is. Let's see. Oh, Portal. Yeah. yeah, Portal and Portal 2 are coming to the Nintendo Switch. I've never played any of the Portal games. Oh, dude, you you have to get port. You have to get this. You have to. You have to. So what exactly do you do in Portal? You just jump through <sighs> portals? Well, you have this thing as a portal gun, and it's basically like a puzzle game. You're It's first person, and you're going through uh, the Aperture Laboratories. Like it's, there's a very futuristic world. Um, with robots and everything, and in order to get through the, uh, you're basically part of an experiment, um, and you 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 find more more as you go along, um, but you basically have a portal gun that uh, shoots you know a, a blue portal and an orange portal, and you can go through the blue portal and come out the orange portal. So you have to. Uh, you know, put your portals in different areas of the room to be able to traverse the room to be able to solve the room to go to the next room. So it's basically just a first-person shooter puzzle game that has really cool physics and a really one of the best villains of all time. Um, and the soundtrack, uh, uh, Jonathan Colton did the. Uh, the theme song for for Portal, and uh, if you've never heard it, um, it's uh, called Still Alive, and it was how I found out about Jonathan Colton uh, in the first place and started listening to his music, but man, Portal is probably some of the best like 
puzzle games you will ever play in your life. I cannot recommend it enough. Yeah, my friend Trevor used to play Portal 2 a lot back when it first came out. So I'll, I may have to check this out. I think it's cool that they're releasing both of them. Yeah, and this is an old game too. But I mean, you look at the you can look at the uh, the graphics here in the uh, the video they have playing. I mean, it looks like it it was released today. Like it's sort of simple, but it it's still the graphics were way really good for then when it came when they came out. So it still holds up. Like I'm really interested for you to to play the Portal games and see what you think about them. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's see. We have, uh, let's see. Greedy, uh, is this Splatoon three? Yes, sir. Ah, yeah. We got Splatoon three dropping for the uh, the Nintendo Switch. Yeah, Splatoon one and two are some of the more fun games that I've played for a Nintendo system in a while. I've been waiting on this for quite some time, and we haven't gotten an actual release date yet, other than the summer. So. Hopefully they stick to that. Um, very, very underrated multiplayer game. And I, I, this is a game that makes me really wish that Nintendo had a better online multiplayer yeah. system. Because I think if they did, this game would be much more popular than it is. I never played any of the Splatoon games. They're fun. They're really, really fun. Uh, Two Worlds Cross and the remaster of the acclaimed RPG Chrono Cross and the origin story Radical Dreamers. When th this was first announced, I was like, Chrono Trigger? But then I was like, okay, that's something completely different. So is this in the same universe as Chrono Trigger? I think it is because the logo looks very similar and it's made by Square Enix. Yeah, it's, I've heard of this game, but I, I, it, it's never really crossed my radar. You know, I know what Chrono Trigger is. Uh, I just started playing that a few years ago. I never really got too far into it, but I know, you know, Chrono Trigger is still one of those very, uh, you know, highly thought of RPGs for the Super Nintendo era. And, uh, you know, I, I never really got into the, to this like the Chrono Cross, but it looks like it's the same universe to me. Yeah, I think it is. And this will be one, I don't know if I'll ever play it, but I, I think it's cool that you know they're going back to that universe. And uh, this next one is good news to me because this might actually get me to finish Metroid Dread. But they're coming out with uh, difficulty settings for Metroid Dread, which I think you, yeah, the update is available now. Um, with the addition of brutal Dread mode difficulty, all it takes is one hit to cause a game over. Are you ready for the challenge? Question mark. Hail to the no. I would not <laughs> do that if you paid me. That's pretty much like playing regular for me. Uh, and then they have for players new to the series, rookie mode allows increased recovery and less damage from bosses. The update is available now. And don't let the people try to make you feel bad for playing on rookie mode because I'm about to play this damn game on rookie mode so I on rookie mode so I can finish it and actually uh, get to the end of this damn game. Yeah, I've heard you and other people talk about how obnoxiously difficult this game is. So <laughs> it is. I, I think this is a necessary addition. And for those that are looking for a bigger challenge you have dread mode so it's got uh, something for everybody uh, and, and then a next tweet says look forward to a second free update arriving in april which will add boss rush mode 
where you can take on bosses continuously, one at a time, until you're defeated. That does not sound fun to me <laughs> at all. <laughs> well, boss modes can be fun. I've seen it, you know, in a, some other games that I played too. I'm just so. not good enough to do that. There's no way I would ever be good enough to to find that fun. Yeah, I'm sure somebody will. So this was actually a nice surprise too. A new iteration of the Wii Sports series, Nintendo Switch Sports. Wii Sports, I don't think people uh, understand how popular Wii Sports was. <laughs> people would buy that console just for the Wii Sports, which already came with it. That was so they the didn't even have to buy app. any other games. That was the killer yeah. app for the Wii. Wii Sports is, is probably the reason they sold 50% of those mm -hmm. consoles. And the cool thing is, so they're adding in new games, uh, soccer, volleyball, and badminton, but they're also bringing back some classic ones too, which I believe are bowling, tennis, and one from Wii Sports Resort, but I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. The cool thing is, so with soccer, it's going to come with a uh, leg strap accessory hmm. for your Joy-Con, so you can actually kick, That's which cool. is awesome. I can't believe they haven't done this before now. Why did it take, five, what, six years into the life or five years into the life of the, the Switch before they finally did put a, a, another version of Wii uh, you know, Sports on there? Yeah, I mean, uh, oh, I see some of the, uh, let me pause this trailer real quick. So they have volleyball, badminton, bowling, soccer, chambara, and tennis. What is chambara? I have no idea. They should have curling. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that would be fun, actually, if you could get like a little if they gave you a little, uh, you know, ad like thing for your uh, your what do they call it? The not the nunchuck, I, but the the Joy-Con. Yeah, the Joy-Con where you could like, you know, scrub really quick. <laughs> uh, those would make for some fun videos. Let's see. Uh, you're up next. Uh, let's see what we have. Um, we have uh, 48 remastered courses from throughout the Mario Kart series to be released over six waves. Burn rubber with the Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Booster Course Pass Paid DLC. The first wave arrives 318 and pre-orders are available today. Um, it will be available at no additional cost for players with a Nintendo Switch Online Plus Expansion Pack membership or as an individual purchase um this is actually really cool they're gonna add all these like 48 remastered courses that's awesome yep and it'll feature tracks that date as far back as the original snes game that's so cool so i if i remember right the trailer said that they would stretch this out to where they would still be adding tracks in 2023 yeah, because I think at this point with Mario Kart, I don't really think they need to... They basically just need to do, like, you know, a roster update instead of bringing a new game out. Like, why not just release new packs of uh, um, tracks at this point? I've still got my fingers crossed that whenever they actually do another Mario Kart game from scratch, they'll bring back the Double Dash formula. Yeah. Well, it looks like, um, where did I see it? I thought I saw Double Dash on here when they showed all the, the boxes. Mm -hmm. but, yeah, they, they have some of the tracks from it. That's cool. Uh, good night, Rampage. Glad you could join us for a little while. Uh, good night, Rampage. You're up next. Let's see. Uh, we talked about, oh, this is uh, 
RPG triangle strategy. Um, I don't think I actually saw the trailer for this. It says a new demo of chapters one through three is available now on the Nintendo eShop. It looks pretty um, cool. It's kind of got like a, a old black and white. Like it, it, The trailer right now is playing like uh, it's in a cemetery and it's black and white. And it's real moody. Like, oh, you got my attention with that. Okay, yeah, I did see a little bit of this. Yeah, it's got kind of like that two and a half D. Oh, yeah. Um, graphics it reminds me of that octopath traveler game that came out i was out just thinking a couple that of years same ago. thing it's got that that same look as that octopath traveler yeah uh, and that's yeah so be... i mean it, it looks i like the graphic style of it yeah that'll be coming out on uh march 4th mm-hmm. uh, and another thing about Xen- xenoblade chronicles 3 um unique rpg live alive comes to north america for the first time uh, plays seven stories featuring a, a variety of protagonists, time periods, and gameplay styles in any order you choose. Now with the newly remastered HD 2D graphics, Live Alive arrives on 722. Other than the, I guess, first party Nintendo games, this is the one I'm most excited for. This looks like a game that would have been at home on the Super Nintendo. Oh, it does. I- I like the fact that there's a variety of characters through different time periods. It it looks like that secret of mana illusion of Gaia era of graphics. So that this would likely be one that I'm actually going to get, or at least play a demo of it because I, I love the idea of, as I said, the, the different time periods and using different characters. Mm -hmm. So it looks really cool. The trailer looked great. And I love the way they're making these games look now where they have that 16-bit look, but it's also very uh, very modernized with today's graphical capabilities. So it, it's not quite 16-bit anymore. Like It's got like 16-bit sprites, but it's way more modernized, and I just love that look. Would you say it's 32-bit? It's maybe 64, mm, but not Close. polygonal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or something like that. 24 bit, maybe. I don't know, somewhere on there. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Become a taiko drumming master and put your rhythm to the test with 76 bopping beats, including Megalovania when Taiko no Tatsujin Rhythm Festival comes to Nintendo Switch in 2022. Again, I feel like every Nintendo Direct has to have some type of <laughs> Japanese feel type game, which I understand because they're based in japan yeah it, it looks like it might be fun i highly doubt that i'll play it it looks like there's way too much going on the screen going it, on for me to figure out what's going on it reminds me of donkey konga but way harder yeah we, but it yeah, looks kind of i cool, can't though. even look at that that makes my eyes hurt <laughs> yeah uh, we've got uh, Return to the Gundam universe when sd gundam battle alliance launches uh, sometime in 2022 so for all you Gundam fans you got something to look forward to I like the look of this I I might actually check this out yeah I know Gundam is very popular it's just a franchise that I've never really gotten into but if it has a demo I'd be willing to check it out Uh, we have Klonoa Door to Phantomile and Klonoa 2 Lunate's Veil Hope I'm saying that right. Are coming to Nintendo Switch. Take on these dreamy side-scrolling adventures when Klonoa Fantasy Reverie series launches for Nintendo Switch on July 8th. And it doesn't really look like my cup of tea. 
these characters look familiar. Uh, yeah, it's got kind of a it's kind of Disney vibe to it. Yeah, to me. maybe I'm thinking of a different character that looks similar, but it, it does look like a game that I would probably enjoy. But again, it's like there's there's just so much out there that it's like tough to choose what you're going to play and what yeah. you're not. It's got a, a Super Mario 64 vibe to it. Looking at it like it's very. I don't know. It's just got kind of that feel, that vibe to it. Yeah. So when I watched <clears> this trailer, I was thinking, okay, this means we're not getting a Mario Kart update, but we did. So it's all good. Uh, Disney and Pixar combat racer, Disney Speedstorm will race onto Nintendo switch this summer with cross play split screen and online multiplayer modes. I love the concept of this and it actually does look like a fun game. It does. Oh, that's Jack Sparrow. (laughs) That's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you see Jack Sparrow, Mickey Mouse. I think Mulan is in the Uh, trailer as well. Oh, that's old school Mickey Mouse, too. Yeah. Wow, this is cool. I mean, it's basically just Mario Kart, but looks a little more. Disney. Yeah, Disney Mario Kart, basically. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Um, (laughs) I don't know if we can go through all of this, but... Um, let's just kind of look through here. Uh, this one that I see, um, let's see, scavenge for refor. Oh yeah. Uh, it looks to me like, uh, yeah. Uh, embark on an epic voyage across the galaxy as you scavenge for resources, craft tools and fight to survive in an infinite, infinite procedurally generated universe when no man's sky lands on the Nintendo switch this summer. If there's a game that I would have never thought in a million years would be on the Nintendo Switch, it would be No Man's Sky. Proves that most anything can happen in yeah. the video game world. Yeah, I thought the same thing. I was shocked when, yeah. when this came out. I just did. Uh, this is a huge game that I didn't know the, the Switch would have the, the graphical or you know, GPU capability to run this game, but I don't know. It looks pretty good to me from what I'm seeing here. I wonder if it'll be any different or if there will be any differences. I don't know. I mean, I'd like to try it out. I never got to play it for the PS4. I always wanted to. Uh, It had had such a rough launch, and then, you know, they kept working on it, and, and it's one of those games that, like, people just rave about now so i would love to to actually try it out i mean i I, honestly if i was gonna get it i'm gonna get it on the ps4 or even ps5 if it it, i don't know if they if it's i'm pretty sure they have a ps5 version at this point um but yeah if i was gonna play this i i think i'm gonna play it on the ps4 because i just don't know if the game that big can work on the switch i'm i'm kind of skeptical yeah, and <clears throat> there there are two things that aren't mentioned in the Nintendo of America Twitter. At least I didn't see them. So the Force Unleashed is coming out for the Switch, which I'm excited about because you know I talked about that on our um, our top five and bottom five uh, gaming sequels. I really like the Force Unleashed, <clears throat> and I, I haven't played it in a long time, so I think it'll be cool to play it on the Switch. They did announce the Kingdom Heart trilogy. However, there's a catch. Hmm. It's in the cloud. Oh. Which is very disappointing. <laughs> yeah. I was, literally, my reaction was, 
hey, Kingdom Hearts. No, it said the cloud. <laughs> that basically that means that you have to have internet connection in order to play it. Yeah, well, which I which I think is BS. I think that's gaming moving forward, though. Honestly, you should have the option to be able to download it if you want. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, I don't don't tease me with Kingdom Hearts <laughs> and say that I can't play it on the road. Yeah, or, or I don't know. Maybe you can play an offline version. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah, but that's the future of gaming, though. Everything's going to be in the cloud in the next five years, guarantee it. So, were you disappointed that we didn't get like a Metroid Prime Four? I, I wasn't expecting a Zelda update. I think they're going to do a separate direct for that. I wasn't expecting it. it uh, a Metroid Prime Four update would have been nice. I was really hoping that we would see something from. Breath of the Wild too, because if you ask me, they it should be coming this year. So if we're gonna hear something or you're gonna drop a trailer, now's the time to do it. I thought if we got anything, it would be maybe the game's title and the release date. Yeah, I didn't think we'd get any new footage, but I think in the next few months we'll get a Zelda centric direct. Yeah, someone wrote on um, on Twitter the perfect title for the next Zelda game should be the legend of Zelda, the Zelda of legend. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've been waiting what, like five years now for anything for a sequel. I mean, that was a launch game for, you know, the switch. So we should have a sequel by now, at least something, a trailer, a release date, something. I'm very curious as to what they're going to do with the story of this game, because I, I think they have the chance to do something <clears throat> really cool and really special that could even date back to the storyline of Skyward Sword. And if I were making it, but I just hope not, whatever so. they do for Breath of the Wild, just please fix the uh, breaking weapons mechanic. I hated it. Or if you're going to do breaking weapons, at least give me a way to repair them. Whether it's some sort of you know, weapon repair kit that you buy and keep on your person, or you do it while you're in town, but there's nothing worse than being in the middle of a huge fight or in one of the shrines, and you, all your weapons break, and you got nothing. And it's just, that's just dumb. I hated it. That was the only thing about that game I hated. And give me my dungeons. Yeah, give us dungeons back. I, You know, the shrines you were can okay. Keep- you can keep the shrines. Yeah, keep the shrines. But bring the, but bring the dungeons back. Yes, we need full-on uh, explorable dungeons. That's what, I, that's what we need. The, the shrines were like the, no pun intended, but the one link to the original games yeah. as far as like the, the puzzle style of gameplay. But that, that's what makes the Zelda games great. Going into the dungeons, solving the puzzles, finding whatever item, whether it's like the bow and arrow hook shot, wherever you need to get to the next point in the dungeon. Like that, that's Zelda to me. Yeah. Um, well, we're getting uh, pretty far into the episode now, so I think we're going to skip the rest of the, the news and we're going to save video game history for when we yep. come back. But before we go into the review tonight, Derek has shout outs. Yes, as always, we'd like to shout out our awesome patrons over at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. We want to shout out Tyler Watson, Axblade07, Daniel Salmon, 
Armes Jackson, Hand Solo, Carlos Longoria, Seth, Staff Sergeant Sketch, excuse me, Gus and Penny, Matthew Salmon, Joey Image, Ron Johnson, Mixmaster, and Mike Evelyn. Thank you all so much for your continued contributions and keeping the lights on here at the Nerd Cave Retro Show. And because you've kept us at the $50 level, we'll continue to do bonus episodes every month, whether it's a commentary track or, as you heard this past month, a top five list. So be on the lookout for a poll uh, for you guys to decide what the bonus episode will be whatever that may be. And every now and then we'll post a poll of saying, Hey, what would you like us to review? So I'll actually probably post one um, in the next couple of weeks um, after we get through um, Disney month in March. So uh, be on the lookout for that. But if you want to be a part of our awesome Patreon community, just head on over to patreon.com slash nerd cave retro. Hey guys, we got to tell you about B res coffee company. Made by gamers for gamers right here on the Gulf Coast in Pensacola, Florida. No matter what your taste in coffee are, they got you covered. You like light or medium roast? Try the Necro Medium Holy Grail Light or Stamina Boost. They can even add flavors to your coffee like iCast Fireball, which is a fireball whiskey flavor. If you like darker roasts like I do, then try the Critical Dark or Slayer Mocha Roast or the Gamers on the Edge Esports Roast. They even have holiday-inspired roasts like Fall Spice, Sweet Tooth, or the Muffin Man. Do you know the Muffin Man? <laughs> Can't decide what you want for those all-night gaming sessions? Then try one of their specialty sample packs. All roasts are made with fair trade Colombian beans. So stop buying all that crappy coffee from the grocery store and head over to brezcoffeecode.com and use our code NCR for 10% off of your order. And tonight I'm talking about... batch for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Uh, I know it's a surprise people uh, that have followed me and especially Mr. Wallace Phelps back in the days of the Broke Nerdcast or Pop Culture Palette. My hatred of Gremlins knows no bounds. I hate that movie so much. It gave me nightmares as a kid. I hate it to this day. Um, I remember I saw Gremlins 2 in the theater I thought it was okay. It wasn't as scary as the first one. Plus, I was a little older when it came out. Um, but to go back and actually play this game, I had a way to play this game. I don't actually have a physical copy of this game, but I had a way to play it. And uh, I streamed it a few weeks ago, and I got some things to say about it. Gremlins 2, the new batch, is also known as Gremlins 2 Shinsu Tanju in Japan is an overhead puzzle shooter game developed by Sunsoft in conjunction with the movie. Uh, it has been released on the NES, Game Boy, and ZX Spectrum, or the ZX Spectrum, if you for our Canadian listeners, in which all versions differ greatly from each other. I will be talking about the Nintendo version. I have not played the, uh, the Game Boy or the ZX Spectrum version of the game. Uh, you take control of Gizmo in the NES version, and the goal of the game is to reach the Gremlin Control Center to wipe out all Gremlins inside. You can gain items such as a bow and arrow and matches after each level to aid you. Hazards include spiders, electrified wires, ground-mounted hazards, and a boss fight 
a boss to fight at the end of each level. Final boss of the game is Mohawk himself in his spider gremlin form. And uh, your main weapon of the game, uh, for some reason, and I, and this may be part of the movie, I don't remember, but you throw tomatoes <laughs> at the other gremlins. And uh, you have an unlimited supply of tomatoes for some reason, and that's your, your main weapon throughout the uh, the game. I didn't get that far into the game because uh, I was pretty impressed with it the first level, like you're in the office building. Um, and I think the, basically the game is just you going up through the building. So the first level of the game is just the offices that you're going through, but I've never seen an office have like electrified walls and everything. So I don't know what OSHA violations are going on in this office building. Then also there's parts of the floor where you have to do, uh, you know, jump from sort of platforming type stuff where you have to jump from like, you know, to different parts of the floor because, if you fall, you're going to die. And that just seems like a major OSHA violation uh, in this building. And uh, I think it needs to be uh, inspected um, for for this game. I bet there's an area of the Dunder Mifflin Paper Company that has <laughs> areas like this. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just pictured Dwight like jumping from platform to platform to get to the actual uh, Dunder Mifflin office space. But yeah, in... Looking at this game, I've personally never played it, but I did do some research on it, you know, leading up to the show. I thought it was a the right decision by them for you to play as Gizmo. And the gameplay of it actually, it looks simple, but it looks like it's probably the best that this game could be. Yeah. Given what it is. It's got that overhead sort of, uh, you know, that Zelda overhead um, camera angle, which isn't bad as you're going through, you know, the first level of the game. But I found that the later into the game I got, you know, there were, there were spots where you would have, to, there would be like holes in the floor and you would have to make like a, a, a diagonal jump or there would be, um, one of the other gremlins. What's the one with, uh, what do they call him? I think it's the Bogart gremlin. Or something like that. The guy with the uh, one of the, you know, they had all the yeah, weird, different gremlins. Well, he'd be standing there like throwing stuff at you, and he's like on a diagonal. And you know how hard it is to throw something diagonally uh, with a Nintendo controller without very difficult falling off of where you're supposed to stand. And I'm, it was driving me insane trying to play. And so mostly what I would do is just fall off the edge and then Gizmo uh, would get picked back up by a balloon and then I would he would ride the balloon for like, you know, three seconds or something before it disappeared. So I would just like try to get as far as I could riding the balloon to get past all the like obstacles and try to cheat my way through most of the levels. You're just giving me flashbacks of trying to shoot things diagonally <laughs> with an NES or a Super NES controller because people forget, like, with a control stick, it's easy, but it ain't easy with a D-pad. Yeah, because you're trying to shoot, like, at an angle and pressing up and inside at the same time, but you're still moving, so you're trying to shoot when there's, like, a, you know, a cliff that you're going to fall off of, and there's, like... What am I supposed to do here? Like, I'm either going to hit him 
but I'm still going to fall off the edge. Or if I stand back enough, far enough where I'm not going to fall off, his range is way farther than mine is. So I'm not going to be able to hit him, but he can hit me. So what am I supposed to do here? Like, why do you do this to children? Do you hate children? I think there should be a psychiatric study done of game developers from <laughs> around around that era. I bet they could tell some great stories, probably some uncomfortable stories, but some great ones too. But yeah, no, I totally feel your pain with that. Like, I can't think of a specific game off the top of my head, but I can remember, you know, trying to maneuver in just the right spot while also trying to shoot something. And it's just tough to do when you can really only move up, down, yeah. left, and right. <laughs> it's just one of those games that, like, it's those little frustrating things that breaks the game for me. Like, if you yeah. didn't do these things, it would have been a much better game. Like, give me an enemy that's, like, hittable and not have to sacrifice myself in order to hit that enemy. You know, like, why do you do these sorts of things? And, uh, like I said, it... What I played of the game so far was okay. And what I didn't hate it, but when it came to those little nitpicky things like that, that's what caused me to be like, you know what? I'm done. I'm not going to do this and I'm not going to go any further. If if they if if it just wouldn't have been for those little things, I probably would have played this game to the end. Because it it doesn't look bad. It plays pretty good. Graphics are pretty good, you know, really good for the Nintendo. The music was good. And, I, you know, not that I'm a huge fan of Gremlins or anything, but I actually liked the vibe of the game. But it was just, it's those little things where, they, you know, there's these platforms where you have to jump to, but it's really hard to, to jump where you need to go or there would be an enemy on a spot where you needed to jump to, and it's like, oh, this is frustrating. Well, I think also when you look at games that were, you know, or adaptations of movies or shows, the expectation is usually pretty low. And mine was too in doing research for, for the show. But in watching the gameplay of it, I'm like, this really doesn't seem like a bad game. Yeah. The graphics are good for an NES game. It seems like it plays well. The music's pretty good. So I'm like, okay, this actually doesn't seem too bad. And maybe I'm just bad at the game. Like maybe I should have watched some gameplay of it beforehand so I could learn how to get past some of these enemies that were driving me crazy. Because sometimes there would be enemies like in the wall, like flying, like there's these flying uh, gremlins and they would be like buzzing around, but they're like, you know, the, this, the whole like... The spectrum of the game is weird because of that overhead thing. Like they would be like flying around, but they're like in the walls and like, I couldn't hit them. And it's, it's weird. And it's a lot of memorization too. Cause there's a lot of times where you have to jump to certain spots. And as soon as you land there, here comes a gremlin, like on a, uh, on a skateboard immediately to like knock you out. And it's like, why would you do that? Like, give me, like, a second to, like, orient myself before, you know, like, just bashing me in the head as soon as I jump where I need to be. 
Well, those games from that era can be merciless. Yeah. And they can be ruthless. So so then I would get to the point where it's, it's that memorization stuff where you're like, okay, if I jump here, as soon as I jump and land, I got to start throwing like tomatoes like mad or that, you know, the gremlin on the 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 skateboard is going to run me over. So you just, it's a lot of getting a little bit further each time, getting a little bit further the next time little bit further and just memorizing and like there's moving platforms too which kind of drive me crazy with that overhead view because you've got to be in the right perfect spot to make that jump and it's not bad i'm not saying it's game breaking it's not it's just it's a lot of having to time your jumps perfectly it's just it's a lot of memorization and probably if i'd have played this as a kid I probably would have been really into it and probably would have gotten really good at it. But now as an adult, like I, I get frustrated too easily with stuff like that. And I'm just like, I don't want to play this anymore (laughs) and throw the controller against the wall. That makes me wonder, you know, like, have we gotten worse as we've gotten older at video games? Cause I can play, like I can play some of the games like Mario world. I'm still pretty good at, like, I don't want to be, you know, too braggadocious on myself, but games that I didn't play a ton, it's like I'm terrible at. Well, there's a lot of games that I play now that I'm so much better at as an adult than I was as a kid. Like I, I can beat Contra now as an adult. I can beat Ninja Gaiden. I can beat Castlevania regularly. You know, I sat here at my computer and played Ninja Gaiden the other night just so I could play through it and beat it and be like, ha, I beat it. And I can do that now. I could not do that as a kid. But trying to go back and play games like this that I never played and have no sort of, I guess, just muscle memory muscle memory from it, it's like, man, it's so taxing trying to learn like the, the memorization. Because that's really what it boils down to with a lot of these old Nintendo games. It's just memorization is all it is memorization and repetition yeah, and if you don't have that muscle memory of trying to you know knowing where stuff's gonna be you know knowing how to make those jumps it's really hard to to learn that as a 44 year old man i'm just like ugh, i don't want to do this yeah no i i feel your pain i i felt like that i felt like that with a lot of these older games that i've never gone like i've never played when i was a kid that i've gone back i'm like Man, these games are hard. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to sit here and bash the game saying it's a bad game because it's not. It's actually, it's like you said, it's very good for a licensed game. Uh, it, you know, the graphics are very, very good. It's like they put a lot of care into the game, but there's just, you can tell it's that, it's that day and age of games where they make it a little too hard just to make it last longer. Because back then, I mean, we only got <clears throat> one or two games a year. You know, when you got a game, like if I would have gotten this for a birthday, you know, when I was like 12 years old or something, this would have had to last till Christmas. You know, it would have been a good six months of hammering at this game until I got a new game. And that's how it was back then. But now today, it's like it's an embarrassment of riches. It's like I have a million things I could sit and play. Do I really want to sit and learn how to play Gremlins 2 for the Nintendo not really. <laughs> yeah. I just picture the developers of this and so many other difficult games 
You remember that scene in the original Austin Powers when all the villains are standing around and they're doing that obnoxious <laughs> evil laugh? That's how I picture them all. Whenever yeah. they finish the game, they're just all like, <laughs> But, uh, you know, I can't sit here and, and crap on the game. I thought I was going to, but now I've kind of gone back and thought about it a lot. You know, there's really not that much wrong with this game, especially, you know, I've seen a lot of people that have a lot of nostalgia for this game and it rightfully so i mean it's it's a you know a, a competent nintendo game it's not terrible by any means it's just i don't have the the, the muscle memory i don't have the nostalgia for it so just kind of going into it blind and playing it i could see where if i had this as a kid i probably would have played the hell out of it and gotten a lot out of it but as an adult i just i don't have the time or the patience to sit and do that just that over and over again memorization to be able to get through a game like this yeah no i definitely feel your pain on that but as i mentioned looks way better than i expected i wasn't even expecting gizmo to be the playable character yeah uh it says here uh, in the ZX Spectrum version, the character you play is Billy. That that's who I assumed you would play as, and Gizmo might be like, you know, like your sidekick. Yeah, and that would be it. Uh, let's see, Gizmo is the character player controls in the NES version and the Game Boy version, uh, and the online game. Online game. Excuse me. Uh, hmm. let's see, new batch. Uh, there's actually a playable link here. Let me see what this yeah, is. Yeah, I see that. Uh, and I'm reading this on um, uh, gremlins.fandom.com, the Gremlins game wiki. Uh, yeah, this is actually a uh, a game you can play right in the browser. It goes to nesgamezone.com. I'm not going to do this right now, but it says just click to play, and you can play it right here. Yeah, I but, see it loading right now. Yeah. That's cool. I did not even see that. I've, I've, I've never seen anything like that before. Me neither. That's cool. But yeah, um, if I have to give it a number grade, I mean, it's going to... I I don't have any nostalgia for the game, so you know, I may get heat for this, but for me, it's kind of middle of the road. Like It's a little too hard to learn now, but I think I would have probably give it somewhere around a six... Or a seven. Um, I'll give it a seven because I do think it's a competent game, but I just personally don't have the will to learn the repetition needed to be able to play the game with any sort of fun factor. Yeah, I think that sounds about right. But if you're, you know, if you're a Nintendo collector, I would say this is a game that needs to be in your collection. I might actually pick up a, a copy of this if I come across one that's, you know, a, a decent price because uh, I like Sunsoft games personally. I mean, I thought they did a bang up job with Batman, you know, Batman the movie, uh, the video game. I mean, that's one of the best Nintendo games you can possibly get for and for the Nintendo. And uh, you know, as far as licensed properties goes, it's not bad. It's not a bad game. Yeah. No, I, I'd be interested to actually try out this game myself because the, the gameplay, like, it looks like something that I would have gotten into were I a fan of Gremlins. Yeah. But I, I didn't even see the movies until I was much older. Yeah, I've never played this before. 
until a few weeks ago. So you're really getting my review off what, you know, the, the couple of hours I spent playing it and streaming it. I think Rampage might have been there with me watching it. A couple of people were watching me play it, and uh, I was playing it very badly. So, <laughs> you know, it's uh, like I said, I, it's, I, I don't have no nostalgia for the game, but I know a lot of people love Gremlins, and if, if you're a Gremlins fan, then it absolutely has to be you know, in your Nintendo library. Agreed. But uh, but that's going to do it for this week. Um, what you got coming up on the feature Prez pod this week? So let's see. What did I talk about this week? Um, so I saw Moonfall. Mm-hmm. And I've been it, curious it, about that. I, I was going to listen to that today and I didn't get a chance to listen to your review of it. It's uh, it's a movie. <laughs> so I, I will I will say that. Um, I also I, I won't say I ripped into Roland Emmerich, but I was very critical of his comments about Marvel and Star Wars ruining movies. Yeah. When that, that when he weird. when he hasn't made a really relevant movie in like 25 years. But you can go listen to me rant about that. <laughs> um, I also chatted with uh, actor and producer Sevier Crespo, who's worked with. Uh, Jerry Bruckheimer, Michael Mann, and Ridley Scott in the past, and also tells this really cool story of how he had to, in the early 2000s, patch a call from L.A. to the Caribbean where they were filming Pirates of the Caribbean, the original movie. Mm-hmm. And, if, and if you remember the technology of phones in the early 2000s, it ain't like what we got yeah. now. So. <laughs> Uh, he he tells some really great stories about producing uh, on the independent film level. So that's cool. uh, fun, fun, fun stuff this week. And I, I talk about some of the you know news stories, like the new Scream movie that uh, has been confirmed, and a few other news stories. So I gotta watch that too, man. I'm so far behind. I haven't even uh, seen the new Matrix movie yet. It's worth watching, but don't have high expectations. The new Scream is very good. I like seen that. I, oh. outside of the first one. It's my favorite screen movie. All right. It's That's, very it's very good. Joey uh Joey had high praise for it too. So I'm gonna watch yeah, it here he, soon. He and I talked about it after I watched the movie. And I if I remember right, I think he and I ranked it around the same. I might actually have time if, if we go to Pensacon that night when I'm at back at the hotel. I might uh bring my laptop and <laughs> I'll have time to watch it. Yeah. But uh This week on the Open Micers podcast, we had a really cool discussion with Christopher Burdett, who uh, Derek talked to on the Derek Diamond Experience a couple of years ago. He's going to be at Pensacon uh, next week, and uh, you may know his work from, uh, he did makeup effects for uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Angel, um, uh, Firefly. We talked about what he did for Talk Soup. Um, he's done artwork for Magic the Gathering, Dungeon and Dragons, Star Wars, you name it, he's done artwork for it or he's worked on it in some way. The dude's got a resume that's a mile and a half long and we didn't even touch the, like, the, we didn't even scratch the surface. We've got him coming back in like April to finish our discussion. We talked about when he was working right across the, the hall from Troma Films. Uh, that was a fun little sidetrack. So it, Go check out Open Micers with Christopher Burdett and then go go say hi to him at uh, Pensacon next week and uh, at Open Micers on Twitter and um, Instagram. So anything else before we get out of here this evening? 
I've made it a habit of forgetting to plug the social media for my other show, but yeah. it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Feature Press Pod. Yeah, so go follow us both at our other respective shows and go check out Derek next week when he covers for me on the Open Micers podcast. And uh, like I said, if we don't get a show next week, we severely apologize, but it's it's just with Pensacon coming up and everything, it's like things are getting getting kind of crazy and heated up right now. Yeah, we'll we'll keep everyone posted on social media yeah. as to what we're gonna do. But uh, thing we're gonna go ahead and get out of here. If you would like to email us, you can email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash nerdcaveretro, Instagram and Twitter at nerdcaveretro, and individually at jfunktastic and at Derek underscore diamond. Go get some merch. There, there's a sale right now at ncrmerch.com. And uh, go get like 35% off everything right now, I think. Everything in the store. Masks, shirts, bags, uh, curtains, <laughs> whatever you need. It's over there at ncrmerch.com. Also, Patreon at patreon.com slash Retro, where you can keep the lights on here for us. And we do those extra episodes every single month. And if you can't do that, times are tough. I understand. Go leave us a review wherever fine podcasts are given away for free. So, Derek, please tell them what it's all about. May the way of the hero lead to the Triforce. Yes. I love the power glove. It's so bad.